the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Past performance may not be indicative of future results. Therefore, no current or prospective client should assume that the future performance of any specific investment, investment strategy, including the investments and or investment strategies recommended and or purchased by advisor or product made reference to directly or indirectly will be profitable. Different types of investment involve varying degrees of risk, and there can be no assurance that any specific investment will either be suitable or profitable for a client's investment portfolio. No client or prospective client should assume that any information presented serves as the receipt of or substitute for personalized investment advice from the advisor or any other investment professional. Welcome to the Bullington Capital Report, hosted by Bill Bullington. For the next hour, you'll receive information on current market conditions and trends that could affect your financial future. If you have a question, you can participate in today's program by calling 216-901-0945. That's 216-901-0WHK. You can also reach Bill by going to his website, BullingtonCapital.com. And now, here's Bill Bullington. Well, welcome back. Let's see, just going to make a quick adjustment there. Yeah, a lot of stuff happening. All the time, just the speed is faster and faster. Pretty difficult to keep up with, but that's the job. <laughs> so, hey, if you have a question today, I'm actually live in the studio. You can call 216-901-0945, 216-901-0945. I'd be glad to uh, try to answer any questions that you might have. Uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about the economy today. Not just in America, but uh, all over the world. Uh, since we are more a worldwide economy now uh, than ever. And it's always been that way, incidentally. The, even in the 1700s. A lot of what went on in Europe had a big impact over here. And a lot of what they did, I'm sorry, a lot of what we did had a big impact there. But so... Uh, we're gonna, so we're going to take about 15 minutes or so to talk about what's going on right now, how things are going. We're going to take another 15 minutes right after the first break. We will talk about the um, fixed indexed annuities because that's a big, that's important, very important, especially with interest rates being so low and not likely to be going up anytime real soon. Now, they could. I, I just don't think it's all that likely. And I think the, the likelihood, and we'll talk about that. So um, the last section of today's program, I'm going to try to carry this format going forward. The last 15 minutes, we're going to talk about individual stocks because I've gotten a lot of requests for that. And yes, I still do them. In fact, it's actually the, the most fun part of the portfolio to, to manage. It also makes your hair fall out. <laughs> but uh, Or it can. If you're not, especially if you're not doing it right, but if you just keep 
cool heads. We're going to talk about that. And uh, I got some news, you know, so right now, actually, this kind of ties in with the first 15 minutes. We're talking about the economy. I'm, I'm reading, you know, the Economist magazine, which is pretty good. Um, I'm not sure which side of the, the fence they are that they're on because they, they report from economies all over the world. So I don't know if they're conservative, liberal. They, they, seem, they seem to have a little bit of both. And I have to admit, my favorite readings are Scientific American, Popular Science, that sort of thing. Uh, you'll see stuff come up in those magazines that, that won't be here for a while, like Fusion for electricity. Boy, when they get that done, and it, it changes everything. I mean, absolutely everything. So, and one of, yeah, maybe next week we'll talk about that. But anyway, what I wanted to talk about a little bit this week was there, there were some articles in there about the office space and how office space, you know, has been hurt because people are now working from home. They're thinking about not coming back into work. You know, I don't know that that's going to be anywhere near. And, and then, quite honestly, that's what they're saying, too. Uh, they don't know that it'll be near as much as people think it is. Because a lot of people enjoy going to work. I hate working from home. I mean, I just, I don't like it. I'd rather get up, go into the office. Now, I like to have the option if I don't feel that well. It's Sometimes it's a lot easier just to stay there and, and work from home. And by the way, I can work from my laptop because I've got this really uh, expensive laptop and it's got all kinds of software and, you know, in there to protect my privacy and all that other good stuff. And literally, I mean, you can run anything I could do. Actually, that computer is about, oh, it's about maybe a thousand times more powerful than the best computers they had when they launched the first man to the moon. And, you know, you don't talk about bravery. Those guys were brave. (laughs) Actually, I think they just didn't know. (laughs) But anyway. So it, you know, that's a that's not going to change. Uh, another thing that's not going to change is population growth. That that's not going to change. Population worldwide is still growing. Okay, so anyway, it'd be really interesting to see what happens. I probably would shy away from real estate investment trusts at this point in time. I I know they're part of the indexes that I'm holding in a lot of the funds I hold, and they're they're going to be a permanent part of that, and that's okay because it's just relatively small. It's not a huge allocation, and I don't think that I would be loading up on that uh, in any portfolios. We're we're not doing that. So uh, real estate investment trusts, if you get a good one uh, and it's in the right space, you know maybe it bucks the trend and does a whole lot better, but and there's a, an awful lot of risk to that as well. So I would kind of shy away from those right now. Uh, and again, if you're in a diversified portfolio, you know, the S&P 500, for that matter, has several REITs in it. So most funds that you have that have dividends will have REITs in them, real estate investment trusts. So you've probably got more invested in real estate than you even realize. And uh, if you're interested in finding out, you can always hit me up because we have this tool that will take all of your funds and we can put the funds in there. And this is done for people who are looking for advisors, by the way, I can I, I couldn't do this for the entire po- um, population because I'd never get any work, real work done. <laughs> but 
If you're if you're looking around and you'd like to see, you just want an opinion on your portfolio, we'd be glad to do that. Anybody that's looking around for whatever reason. And I'll tell you what, the vast majority of the time, the reasons are advisor retired. We, we're hearing that a whole lot more today because my industry is actually kind of old. You know, they're, they're older. So they retire fairly frequently. Um, so we hear a lot about that. People move uh, across the country or they switch jobs and, you know, they prefer to have their 401k in their own IRA because there, there are no restrictions on how you can invest that uh, instead of just an IRA, uh, the 401k plan. Those are all fine. So if you're in one of those situations, you want to see what uh, what's in your portfolio now, what we would recommend, we'd be glad to do that for you. Okay, so if you're actually out there seeking, and uh, by the way, if you call or leave a message or go to my website and uh, leave us an email message, it's uh, it's pretty difficult for us to call back all the people that want to talk to us. So we will not hound you. <laughs> There's We don't have time for that. Um, what you see is what you get, I guess. And uh, I I just try to be the advisor that I would like to have. You know, make sure you ask the right questions. How do you know if they're the right questions? Well, I have some ideas on that topic too. We'll probably talk about that on a future radio show. But And then find somebody that you just feel comfortable with. That's That's the number one thing. Investing well is feeling comfortable. When you're talking about things like the economy, like a lot of businesses, you know, there's a lot of commercial real estate that's going empty because they sent people home and uh, they're not going to bring them back. Well, that, that can be kind of scary. A lot of times it's overstated. The react and then the reactions are higher than they should be. So at some point in time, the real estate investment trust may actually make a really attractive investment. I think it's probably a little bit too early on most of them. Not all of them, but most of them. And uh, so anyway, that's what it was kind of looking at there. And then I was reading some of the stuff about uh, how China and America, the two top economies in the world, uh, what they're doing, uh, how the uh, Europeans kind of fell behind a little bit and uh, what might be happening in the, in the future and all that speculation, by the way, because nobody, nobody really knows for sure. I think there was an old joke when I was, uh, and this is really old. Uh, the, uh, um, it's so old that I've actually forgotten it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But the, uh, uh, yeah, if you want to, uh, get multiple opinions, uh, that never agree, just ask an economist what they think. Uh, so anyway, I didn't say it was a good joke. <laughs> oh, that, that was a kind of a crazy noise. Oh, somebody left their phone in here. <laughs> oh, that is funny. So anyway, by the way, if you have a question, uh, you can always reach me at bill at bullingtoncapital.com. And uh, again, we were I was just going through uh, Economist Magazine, looking at the results on real estate investment trusts. And it doesn't look like it's as bad for in a lot of areas uh, as people are thinking it is. Uh, so that's pretty good. That's really good. The magazine goes through talking about uh, stuff that's going on worldwide. So that that's one of the reasons I, I kind of like that magazine. It gives you an, an opportunity to see what's going on outside of just the United States. A lot of times people forget how interconnected the economies are. I'll tell you who doesn't forget is uh, Google. <laughs> Google doesn't forget. Neither does Alibaba. Um, neither does Amazon. 
And, you know, today it's, it's amazing when you look at the S&P 500. Okay. What are the, what's the S&P 500? Those are the largest 500 companies by size. They call that capitalization. The largest 500 companies by size in the United States. And you look at the revenues that are generated in that. And I think it's over 50% that are of the revenues from the top 500 companies in the United States are generated outside of the United States. So it's been a global economy for an incredibly long time period. What goes on here has a tendency to affect the rest of the worldwide economies big time because half the revenues that we're generating are coming from overseas. So if they start cutting back on spending, it's not just us. And that's one of the reasons that you see stock markets around the world that are pretty highly correlated, much more so, you know, it's actually been more and more highly correlated if you go over the years. There's actually a trend where the markets are more highly correlated than they have been if you were, say, looking at the 80s or the 70s, 60s, 50s. The correlation there was, like, was not significant. Let's put it that way. Today, they are moving in generally the same overall directions, different speeds. That's for sure. But when one's going, one of the big boys is going down, that generally it creates trouble in the other indexes. So the vast majority of the country funds tend to move somewhat together. There's still a benefit to diversification, by the way, because it's not a perfect, they're not all moving in the same, at the same time, uh, the same way. So there is still value in diversification. It's just not as valuable, I think, as it once was because you're getting so many of them that are moving, you know, more similarly than they ever have. So, and the good news is that, you know, if you look at large company stocks in the United States, if you take out the top 50 stocks from the S&P 500, uh, the valuation drops fairly low. Uh, well, lower, I should say, not fairly low. But uh, when you start looking at valuations in, in other indexes, mid-cap, small-cap, and you start looking at their growth rates, all of which have been very good, they, it looks like a, a really good thing. Uh, it looks fine, especially if you have a 10-year time horizon. If you don't have a 10-year time horizon, you should not have all your money in stocks. Actually, somebody with a 10-year time horizon probably shouldn't have all their money in stocks. The, uh, more often than not, uh, everybody's a little bit different, okay? But the average investor out there who uh, doesn't have a 10-year time period where they're not going to have to touch the money, well, you shouldn't have all your money in stocks. I got a quick call here I got to take. If you'd like to call in, the number is 216-901-0945. And is this Adam, my buddy Adam, or is this a, a new Adam? No, this is your buddy. Adam. How are you doing, Bill? <laughs> How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing great. Uh, once again, I enjoy your show. It's great to be listening to you all these years. Just had a couple of quick questions. Sure. Um, the first one was if you had any seminars coming up. Um, you, um, we haven't. Motion on that? We haven't yet. We haven't uh, scheduled it. We will have them coming up. And uh, interesting, I, I started talking about real estate right off the, the bat for today's show, mainly because... Uh, so I'll just bring this up since I'm talking to you. They're uh, they're gonna they're forcing me to move. 
I, oh, I belong to a, uh, well, we rent our space from a, a big, uh, a company that owns a lot of real estate, a lot of buildings. And interestingly enough, a brokerage firm that's right next to me wants my space. And I guess they, they bought it out. You know, they, they paid enough that they're going to have me move to one of their other buildings. And, uh, so I'll be moving, uh, and I'm not sure. I, I think I know where the space is. Uh, there's a pretty good chance that it's going to be just down the road a little bit in the same, uh, business building development. Okay. And this one has a really nice meeting room. So immediately when I saw that, I thought, Oh, I got to call Adam. So I'm glad you, (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad you called me. The, uh, cause this will be, this would be great for the investment club. Uh, it, Mm. it holds about 40 people, which is, uh, I, I think should be okay for you guys. Shouldn't it? Yeah, we've got about a dozen members. We've just been meeting at Panera and okay. doing, after the Zoom meetings, we decided a couple months ago to meet at Panera, and so far it's been working out. We have our own meeting room, and we got to spend $50 right. in food well, and drink first to use the room for free. Well, I'll tell you what, when uh, uh, if, if we end up going to this place, and uh, I'll just, you don't have to, nobody will have to spend anything because it's included in my rent, so that, that should be pretty good. And uh, here we are telling all of my personal business on the <laughs> awesome. on the radio, but uh, but yeah, well, it's got a couple nice, really nice meeting areas in the building. So I'm optimistic about that. I don't know yet because I was just told that we got to move. <laughs> We're not; they're not renewing my lease at the end of next year. That uh, we we got to get ready to go. And then they offered up this this space. So. Um, I like it. It would be really nice, I think, to be to be there because it does have more meeting facilities and could facilitate stuff like that. You know, that that would be a lot. I, I really enjoy that kind of thing. So, how's your club doing? Uh great. You know, we transferred from. Oh, I just lost. Consumed with, consumed with so many orders. Uh, hey, Adam, we lost you for a uh, second there. Mm-hmm. Hey, can you hang on? i got to take a real quick commercial break. Sure, of course. Thanks. You're listening to Bill Bullington right here on 1420. Stay tuned because I'll be right back. For the joy of the Lord is our strength. We bow down and worship Him now. And we're back. You're listening to Bill Bullington right here on 1420. I'm here every Saturday morning from 11 to noon. If you hear anything that you'd like more information on, feel free to go to my website, BullingtonCapital.com. You can sign up and or ask me a question. Um, it's really funny. A lot of people go there and then they forget to fill out the question. <laughs> so uh, you know, feel free to reach out that way. And uh, Adam, you still there? Yes, I am. Oh, that's good. So you have to remind me, where did I leave off? Okay, uh, well, we were just briefly talking about your scheduled move, and then I wanted to ask you another question about a stock real quickly. Sure. Um, Well, I've owned BG Foods for a couple years, and the dividend's been sustainable. Right now, it yields about 6%. Is there any number that you would have in mind where the dividend becomes risky or... 
Oh, not sustainable. Yeah, that's uh that is a tough question because okay. there are so many things. I mean, there are literally thousands of events that could occur that would affect that uh the answer to that question. Uh and mm-hmm. and that's not an exaggeration. I mean, it, it's just unbelievable. You know, that that's businesses, I mean, who would have pend- uh, predicted a pandemic? You know, the, uh, it, there are just so many things that can happen in any business. And I know BG Foods very well. It comes up on my scans fairly frequently. And um, I've been following them for a long time. The uh, reason I don't own them personally is because they're, I checked they're in a couple of the funds that I own. And so I don't want to overweight it too too much. And, uh, you know, it's in there. And I like the company. Uh, I think it's a a good company. I think it's been well run over the years. Uh, everybody has their ups and downs. It's just the nature of business. But um, you know, if the if they're not covering, and I'll go back and take a look. My I don't have my computer here today. Uh, if if I'll go back and look at it, if they're paying out more than they're earning, or if they're paying out more than say seventy or eighty percent, and their earnings are, and that becomes a habit. Eventually, that's not going to be sustainable. I mean, at, at, for most companies, and if you're a re or a, uh, a limited partnership, it's different. They have different rules for that. But for your uh, publicly held companies, C corps, uh, they typically, if they're if they're paying out more than seventy percent of their earnings, and they're doing that two three years in a row, that that's not a good sign. So, or, or you know, okay. I shouldn't say that it. it it's a flag that you want to check into. And uh, so uh, if you just tag me up on an email there, and I'll check it out and uh, get back to you. Okay. On it. Great. Okay, well, thanks for your time, and I'll look forward to talking to you very soon. Okay, thanks. Have a good one. Have a, Have good a great weekend. weekend. You too. All right, bye. bye. And I got Jerry. I haven't talked to you for a while. It's been a... You must be on your cell phone. We lost your your call. Got just got dropped. Can't. I'm here. I'm here. Are okay. you there, Bill? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. Uh, I you have been a proponent of ETFs and funds, and I'm starting to look at them uh, myself. I have a question. What mm-hmm. do you think of the Carl Icahn Fund? It's currently paying close to fifteen percent. Has. Uh, about mid-range as far as where it's been selling throughout the year. It's got a uh, asset value of about $16 billion. Um, just curious. Well, if you look at Icon's long-term track record, it's very good. Uh, yeah. See what he does. He's And he's a value guy. He tries to go in and find things that other people are overlooking. And uh, so if he thinks there's a dislocation in the market somewhere in, in, in a company, the dislocation, by that I mean the share price should be much more higher than the current share price is selling for. Mm-hmm. And, and he has a tendency to load up on those. And it's great when he's doing well and not so much when he's not. <laughs> of course. So it, it's, a, um, uh, it's really volatile. I mean, when you, when you invest that way, you're going to put up with enormous volatility so the average person i'd say probably not much more than four to five percent of your your you know investment accounts mm-hmm, uh, but mm-hmm. uh and and just you know get ready grit your teeth 
you're going to get, yeah. you know, it's it's going to be pretty uh, a volatile ride. But he's had a he's had a really good long term track record. And uh, I don't know how old that guy is though. Uh, he's he's got to be five. Oh wow. Well, that might make me a little. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, I would hope that he has uh, backup, you know, backup. Yeah. But, uh, uh, I just was curious because the first thing in investing that uh, the fifteen percent dividend, it, it smacks of uh, why is it at that rate? You know, you, why it's just there are there are no there are no conservative investments paying fifteen percent. Of course not. There of course are not. there are none. So that's a um, that has to tell you something right away. You want to look into the holdings, the current holdings. You can go to the SEC's website and pull that up. By the way, and right, uh, I, I have. I was just doing that. That's why I said it came up on the screen, and I'm saying, oh, you know, let's see what uh, Professor Bullington says about that because uh, it does seem to be fairly well diversified, and you can't argue with a guy's track record yet. Uh, like any one of these, I got involved with, uh, T. Boone Pickens, I think it was Mesa Petroleum, and it was going well until they, until they had the, what is it, 10 for 1 roll up, and, uh, things went south real quick. Oh, yeah. That's, see, that's the thing about all companies, and this is one of the things that really, um, impressed me with Jeff Bezos. He's the CEO of Amazon. He founded, yeah. he founded and started the company. The guy's a true genius. And I'm watching what he's saying one day, and he goes, you know, one day Amazon's going to go out of business. And I was going, I, I was like, wow, I can't believe he's telling the truth. Because he knows, as well as anybody, he's seen, he's studied the history of stocks. No company stays on top forever. They never do. Ever. That's Somebody told me once a long time ago, never say always and never say never. Well, yeah, um, always is not ever, <laughs> but right, the, uh, right. but the bottom line is, at some point in time, computers are going to be so fast. You know, they're going to be they're going to process so quickly, and FedEx, UPS, you know, they still reinvest billions of dollars, and now Amazon's Amazon will probably at some point in time compete with them. As far as I know, they're not competing yet. They haven't opened up to the general public for Amazon shipping, but I can see that happening at some point in time. But what he's saying is that at some point in time, the computers will be so fast and you're just, you're just going to ship directly from the factory floor and it's not going to go to a warehouse. These guys will be having their own warehouses. You'll be buying directly from the manufacturer online. Fewer touches means more profitability. Yeah. And so that's, you know, that's what he was alluding to. But that day's not today. That might take 30 years to get to that point, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Uh, in the meantime, you know, he's he still holds, and I think he's still the single largest shareholder in Amazon stock, but the, um, because it's not today. And, but I, I was just amazed at the candor that he would literally come up and say, you know, one of these days. And uh, I just went, Wow. Yeah, and that's pretty good. He probably had puts on the stock when he, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, uh, he wouldn't do that. He's, he's way too smart for that. But anyway, so. Right. Um, do you, uh, have any input as far as, um, uh, options trading? You have you ever have a seminar on that or not? No, it's, you know what? So many people get, uh, burned so badly by that. Uh huh. 
that uh, uh-huh. it's it's really not a useful thing to do. Uh, it takes okay. a, a long time to get just the basics. You know, just yeah, what, yeah. What, what is a fair options price? Well, fairs, you know, you could get to define that, and it's it, it it's so hard, Jerry, and so many people lose so much that I just I find it really difficult to recommend that. That's one of the reasons uh-huh. that the fixed indexed annuities uh, are so popular because they have uh, guaranteed rates that are higher than most people have averaged in their stock portfolios. Uh, and uh, you have the chance, I'm going to tell you, the investments, and I've, if you listen to any show where I've ever talked about this, the, the investments in there, yeah, there's some pretty good ones, but the chances of those investments outperforming the fixed guarantees are pretty low. They're pretty low, especially when an investor gets involved because an investor, the average investor makes decisions completely emotionally or at least you know, 90% emotionally. Sure, sure. And, uh, and then they, you know, they have a tendency to bail at the wrong times. And so I, I think that the chances of anybody beating that fixed or that guaranteed portion are nearly zero. And I have a well, bunch of it myself. So, because I would, I would ask the question. Let's let's take a, uh, a hypothesis. Say General Motors is at uh, sixty dollars. That's fairly close. Well, if a person would sell a cat, if a person would be happy to buy General Motors at sixty at sixty dollars a share, why should they not be interested in selling a cash secured put at say sixty dollars and collect a premium? Because the, if that thing, uh, if you sell a put, okay, the worst thing that can happen is it goes to zero and you lose a hundred percent of the value. Okay. Yes. So that's a horrible idea for the average investor. The average, the average investor got lost when you said sell a put. So I I understand understand that, Bill, but, but you're talking about one tenth of a percent of the population that would be able to pull that off. Including the professionals. Well, if, okay, if a person does not sell a put uh, during the earnings period, that certainly reduces the significance of it by a, a, a fair amount. No, I not mean, a fair amount. It's a very small amount. You, you have no, not. Not, no, 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 dude. I have the all the data. I'm telling you, it does not react like you think it should. It doesn't. Well, the stock is not going to tank. Within, a, say, a, a one-month a period, unless it gets a bad skid on the earnings. It's, I mean, it's highly... Well, Jerry, all, all I have to tell you is that this is America, and you are free to do whatever you'd like to do, okay? Now, whether right. it's a good idea or not, that's a matter of opinion. And my opinion is course, that it's not a good idea. All right. Well, as I said, if a person would buy GM, what's, what's the difference of selling a put? Uh, I... You know, to each their own, I guess. Yeah, but, uh, it, it, that's a very, very sophisticated move, and the likelihood of it being more profitable than just buying the stock and sitting on it for the average investor is nearly zero. I mean, you know, it's it, could it happen? Yeah, it could happen. Should it happen? It it actually should happen. If you look at the numbers, implied volatility, and all that stuff, the uh, mm-hmm. you you should be able to collect that premium, and and you. Sh- probably won't have to it'll probably come out a little bit ahead but there's that one uh, you know they call the outlier when the outlier shows yeah, up right. it ruins everything 
<laughs> right, right. So anyway, uh, but okay, okay. Well, I, I appreciate your. Uh, so you're, as I said, it's a more conservative tax to not do it, but nonetheless, there is money to be made if you are willing to accept the risk. Yeah, yeah, that that's absolutely true. If you're willing to accept the risk, and the risk is is high, okay. So if you're willing to accept that risk, then you could make a little bit more money. Long run, right. short slide. That's that's my opinion of it. Well, risk management is what it's all about. That's, yep, that's all yeah, absolutely. Yeah, okay. for sure. Thank you, Bill. <laughs> all right. Have a good day. Have a good weekend. Yeah, sorry. I, when, when I hear something like that, I know, you know, I used to hold the options principles license. One in a thousand people that do what I do for a living ever decide to sit for that test because it's hard. <laughs> And I didn't want to get involved in anything unless I knew about it and knew a lot about it. And uh, it was a long time ago. And what I learned was that most options techniques you don't want to use. They're very difficult. You want to leave those to the professionals. Now, they're professional hedgers that do very well with that kind of stuff. And that's kind of what he was talking about, actually. Yeah, it's something that a professional hedger might do. That That's exactly what those fixed index annuities do. They don't put the money at risk they actually buy options on the index and they're professionals by the way they get better pricing than we do that's one of the reasons that they will make more money and more often than not doing that than an individual investor will is because they actually get better pricing you know they pay less for the uh, transactions costs and they pay less in a lot of cases for the actual option itself so uh yeah with the and, and I meant to talk about this because interest rates are so low, and we were talking about the economy a little bit earlier and how some REITs may end up doing well. Uh, boy, that's something that uh, that's another area would I I wouldn't recommend for for novice investors or somebody who's not a full time professional to get involved in. Uh, I wouldn't. I think that right now the rates of return that you can get by by Using fixed index annuities, and and there are more than one company I happen to like nationwide. Um, and if you want to know more about that, please feel free to, to write me, uh, hit me up. I'll send you a link. And this is what I would do. Here's what I would do for the average person. This is what I do when people come into the office. I go to the website. We look up your age. Look up the amount of money that you're thinking about, and it shows you a schedule of what the potential payouts are. Now I will send you the link to that. No sweat. You want to see what that could be? Um, there's no pressure there. Uh, I'm not even there. So if you get there and you, and you have trouble figuring out, which almost nobody does, by the way, but the uh, but I could see it happening. Uh, I really because there's a couple things on there that uh, are a little bit confusing. You have to just read the website just a little bit. But you can put your age in there. You can put the amount of money in there, and it'll show you the type of income that you could generate. And when you look at that, I, I really believe it's going to be hard for the stock market to keep up with that. So I'm going to leave that topic alone. <laughs> and we're going to a commercial break. This is Bill Bullington right here on 1420. Stay tuned because I'll be right back. Through that fire, there's angels holding on to both sides of the wire. I'm laughing when 
Welcome back. Hey, this is Bill Bullington. I'm here every Saturday morning from 11 to noon. You can also go to my website, BullingtonCapital.com, if you have a question you would like to reach out. And I promise I won't bite your head off. Uh, I feel bad for uh, um, some people. And, uh, uh, you know, they call in and, you know, they don't realize what they're doing. They're they're literally trying to to manipulate me to give them the answer that they want to hear. And, uh, you know, and I, I really like all the callers have been around for a long time and I feel bad for them because I, I just kind of feel like I hammer them too hard, but I really, it's out of concern. It, it's really out of concern because when you're talking about some pretty exotic, um, options, transactions that can go really south really quickly. And I really don't like to see that happen. So, Anyway, um, just looking out and uh, just trying. And, you know, I, I do some stuff that would be considered aggressive. Actually, it's very aggressive. Uh, in fact, um, the Lookout for the Bull website publishes a list that I pick stocks from and I manage real money with. Uh, it's only a small portion of my money. That's like 25%. 75% of my money is in the same stuff that I put my clients in. Now, they have different percentages than I do, but... It's the same because I have to be able to watch it. <laughs> and if everybody was different, I wouldn't be able to watch it all. So anyway, that's basically what we do. Uh, we help people with that portion. We uh, Actually, we have I have a guy who's a, uh, what do they call that? The guy that's got like the uh, uh, unenrolled agent. So I have an enrolled agent on retainer. Anybody has tax questions, this guy's really nice, easy to work with. The uh, I have estate planning attorneys that we've worked with over the years. You have issues with that stuff. And it's kind of interesting because people do send me that stuff. Can you take a look at this trust? And well, actually, I mean, I, I can, I'm not allowed to give you advice on that. My Arizona emissions insurance is not for law. It's, it's for investment advice. And, um, I can look at it, but I can also point you in the direction of somebody that you would be comfortable talking to. I'm going to try to get some of these guys to come in or at least, you know, show up on the phone later this fall because it's important, you know, and it's, it's really important. And I, I can't tell you how many times I see people just so distraught. Some, somebody dies unexpectedly. Well, that's hard enough. And then they come in and they didn't have a, a decent financial plan. Wow. That is, it is a lot of work and, and you, you better not mess it up. Um, you got, you know, they're, they're not very forgiving. So anyway, we got, uh, after you've been doing this for as long as I have, you've seen just about everything, actually. I haven't seen, I don't have a billionaire client, by the way. If I did, I'd actually be my only client. But the, um, I have a lot of people that have done very well. And uh, a lot of people are, are going to be there. No doubt in my mind they're going to be there and, uh, at some point in time. And hopefully we just don't, you know, if you can avoid the really big mistakes, that that's, that's really where it's all, where it all comes to it. And Jerry put it very nicely. You manage the risk. Yes, that's what we're doing. In order to manage the risk, you have to recognize the risk. Where is the risk? Where's the risk in your portfolio? One of the reasons I've been using those fixed indexed annuities is that bonds are almost guaranteed to have negative returns over the next five to 10 years. Now, why would I say that? Well, first of all, they're only paying around 1%. And when interest rates go up, bond prices go down. And interest rates are so low right now, 
How much lower? I guess they could start charging us to keep our money in the bank. They do that in Europe. But that's still not a lot. That that doesn't give current bonds a big boost. And if interest rates ever do start to go up, and I don't think that's going to happen for a very long time, but if you look at bond interest rates now and you look at the inflation rate, there's a negative real return today. So that's that's one of the reasons that I brought back or I actually brought into my mix the fixed indexed annuities because I think they fill a gap there. I think they're going to give a a really decent return, and in fact, I'm pretty sure they're going to do most better than a whole lot of people are going to do in their stock investments. So and that's there are lots of reasons for that. Um, I'll cover this you know every week on on the show the second segment. And now I'm just going to drop it for a little bit. But again, if you do want to, if you want to put your, your age in there and the amount of money you got, and it'll show you a schedule of what you could withdraw from that. Okay. And that's just the withdrawal rate. That's the fixed portion of the investment. Um, next week we'll talk about the variable portion of the investment. That's the investments themselves. And there is another one, incidentally, that has no sales charge in or out, doesn't have a penalty. It's got an, a rider that you can add to it. So you can, it's voluntary. If you want a 4% income and you're an individual, you can guarantee that and you'll get a 4% income based on what you start with. It can go up. That's one of the big differences between that and the others. It can go up. So if your investments go up, that guarantee goes up. Your income goes up, but it won't go down. And if you decided that three or four years after you went into it, that you just wanted to chuck it, you could do that too. <laughs> so there's no cost on that one. And it's got all the big mutual fund companies in it. Vanguard, Fidelity, T. Rowe Price, you name it, it's in there. Has a lower guaranteed income because it has the opportunity to go up. The other one has a higher guaranteed income, but it's it's fixed. Okay, so uh, I've gone over my time in, on that for this. So I'm, I'm going to get to this individual stocks that people really want to hear about. Well, actually, some people really want to hear about um, and it's kind of where I spend, I spend a lot of time here. Uh, I'm, I'm working on a couple things, uh, to bring out over the next few months. So stay tuned. Mike Seeger's publishing the lookout for the bull list every day. That's the list that I'm choosing the stocks that I'm investing in from. And he does these scans. Uh, I showed him how to write the scans, how to run the software. And, and uh, he does a good job of publishing that every day. That's again, that's lookoutforthebull.com. I think it's 10 bucks a month. And that list is uh, where actually the stocks will come up on on that those lists multiple times. When you see a stock that's run a really long way in a very in a fairly short time period, it's come up on that list more than once. And that's uh, one of the things I like about it is if you miss it the first time, well, guess what? It'll show up again more than likely. In fact, most of the time it shows up two or three or four times on its way up. So if you miss the first, second, or third time, you might even still catch it on the fourth time. And that's pretty good. But I'm going to tell you this. It's not easy. Simple is not the same thing as easy. And I I keep coming back to the the golf club uh, or a golf swing. It's pretty simple to hit a golf ball a couple hundred yards. You just swing really hard. Make sure the club head is flat when you hit the ball. Now go out and try to do that. little different when you're actually trying to swing the club, but it'll work if the club head is flat. Now, fortunately, managing a stock portfolio is not as difficult as hitting a golf ball straight for over 200 yards. It's not. 
uh, if you get the right information and if you remember to follow it, you're just following the instructions. It's it's highly emotional, uh, and you'll know what I mean when you try it. But I'm gonna I'm gonna quit trying to scare you right now. I wasn't really trying to scare you. I'm just trying to to set you up for what you're gonna see. And here's what I like to see. Okay, so out of that list that's being published every day, and look out for the bull. I'm going through the same list everybody else is, and there are other things that I'm looking for. What are they? Well, by the way, don't drive off the highway trying to write this down because you can get this on my website. The podcast is there. It's on iHeartRadio, and you can always call me. Okay. So here are the things that I like to look for. I like to see that the stock that day has closed. Its closing price is in the top 25% of that day's range. I want it closing near its high of the day. Why? Because I'm interested in stocks that are on the move right now. And a stock that closes in the top 25% of that day's range has been moving up. Okay. The, uh, so that's not the only qualification, by the way. But, you know, if I saw a stock that opened at, let's say it opened at $20 and it got to 22 and then it comes all the way back down and closes at $20.25. I'm like, all right, well, there's a pattern for that in the Japanese candlesticks that uh, that's not real good. So I'm going to avoid that. Japanese candlesticks, sorry, I know you probably don't know what that means, but it's just a way of looking at price movement and trying to interpret where you think it might go. And in, a lot of it's superstitious, by the way. But... <laughs> my, a ton of it is superstitious. In fact, I'm superstitious. I have the, the reason I like to see them closing that top 25% of that day's range is because I've always done better with those types of patterns than I have other patterns. It's not the only pattern that works. I mean, there are tons of them that work. In fact, that pattern that I just talked about actually works about 50% of the time, which is really good. That's, that's actually 50% is not bad at all. Especially if you cut your losses really quickly, you know, then 50% can make you really wealthy. But, uh, and that's part of this whole process. When you're looking at individual stocks, when you have that, that portion of the portfolio, uh, you say, look, I really want to do this. And, and by the way, for the people that I was just talking about, the fixed index to do, you know, that is the opposite end of the spectrum. That's the really conservative side. And this is the really aggressive side that we'll have to cover in more detail next week. <laughs> As I hear the radio, feel free to reach out to me anytime. You've been listening to Bill Bullington here every Saturday morning from 11 to noon. Also go to my website, BullingtonCapital.com. Have a good weekend, everybody. Good luck and good investing. You just caught another edition of the Bullington Capital Report. Broadcasting every Saturday at 11 a.m. on AM 1420, The Answer. If you have a question and you'd like to speak to Bill personally, you can call him at 330-664-0700. That's 330-664-0700. Or online at BullingtonCapital.com. That's BullingtonCapital.com. The preceding program has been paid for by Bullington Capital Management, LLC.